Hello, and wherever you are today, the Lord be with you. I'm David Brook. I'm the hub leader in the Chapel Fields Hub Parish in the east of Wigan. It's Sunday the 3rd of May, and our passage today is Acts chapter 11, verses 19 to 30. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists also, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he'd found him, he brought him to Antioch. And so it was that for an entire year they associated with the church and taught a great many people, and it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. At that time prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, named Agabus, stood up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine over all the world. And this indeed took place during the reign of Claudius. The disciples determined that, according to their ability, each would send relief to the believers living in Judea. And this they did, sending it to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I have to admit that the timeline in the book of Acts can be hard to get your head around, and it's not even very clear at times. But let's cast our minds back. In chapter 6, Stephen, who's mentioned here, is singled out as a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit to be appointed as a deacon along with six others. Only a chapter later, he's stoned for his preaching, having been hauled before the council and false witnesses brought against him. Does that sound familiar? But Luke again wrote that he was full of grace and power and that his face was like the face of an angel. Then chapter 8 related the consequences. Beginning, Saul approved of their killing him. Of course, Saul then began a persecution so violent that the believers were scattered, as we're reminded here. Saul, in his rage, not really thinking about it, scatters the virus of the gospel. And three chapters later, on the other side of Saul's conversion experience on the road to Damascus, we're still hearing about the way that God has used this scattering. The people who were scattered by Saul, we're told, have reached places right across the whole region. They're not just a few miles from where they started. Again, we hear that in contrast to Saul, 
who had relied on the power of the Sanhedrin behind him and his fearful reputation, unlike Saul, the hand of the Lord was with these believers. What was happening was so amazing that word got all the way back to Jerusalem, to the ears of the apostles. And then into the midst of all these good things that are going on, Barnabas comes. Barnabas, another who's described as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Barnabas, who'd first taken Saul to the apostles in Jerusalem, recognising what plans God had for him. Barnabas, who now brings Saul from his time in Tarsus to the people in Antioch. I wonder who was more fearful. There are people there in Antioch who had effectively been driven out by Saul, not just from their homes, but from their homeland. Yet this has been no fruitless exile. It has been used by God. Even so, they are people whom Saul might have had good reason to fear, or at least whom he might have been ashamed to see again. Basically, I see this episode in the second half of chapter 11 as a remarkable example of the reconciling power of the Holy Spirit. It is quite a pivotal moment when something incredible happens as Saul is accepted by those he has so badly hurt. And they embrace him not just as a friend, but as a great teacher. It was here in Antioch, at this moment of reconciliation, that the disciples were first called Christians, we're told. Reconciliation, healing and transformation in the community are what stand out from this passage. And they're every bit as powerful as the preaching of Stephen or later of Saul, who became Paul. It was the early theologian Tertullian who, a little more than a century later, coined the phrase, see how these Christians love one another. And that's what's going on here. I imagine people holding their breath to see what happened when Saul and his victims met. And I can just imagine their jaws dropping at what actually happened. But it happened then, and it can happen now, in the most difficult of circumstances. Can you actually imagine any rift in our churches more serious than the rift between Saul and his victims? Any rift in our communities that will be more serious? Reconciliation is the power and gift of God at work, and it's an incredible witness. Peter kind of sums it up later in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 9, when he instructs his readers, Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called that you might inherit a blessing. As Jesus once said in other circumstances, go thou and do likewise. Would you join me in praying as we finish? And together with disciples of Jesus across Wigan, throughout Liverpool Diocese and around the world, we pray in the words that Jesus taught us. 
Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. God bless you this day and every day.